What a guy. What a fucking guy. All right. Uh, Justice Loser's pod. <sighs> fucking do this. <laughs> You're tired. Can you tell that I've like massively declined in what I'm wearing since? Yep. Has <laughs> any news happened? Uh, I got a couple little things. Oh. I just got a notification of something that's worth mentioning. Oh, fuck's sake. Can this Snyder Cut thing just die? Ben Affleck just joined the Snyder Cut movement. <sighs> God damn it. Oh, good. Hack, uh, Disney Plus has already been hacked. That was fucking quick. What did they do to it? Uh, it's just accounts are being sold online. Oh. Doesn't yep. surprise me. Yep, 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 yep. Alright. Oh, clock. Start. Welcome to Justice Losers, the podcast where we talk about pop culture media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host. Bat Matt. Matt, what do people do? <laughs> like, subscribe, and tell friends. It, it never ceases to amaze me how you're able to so quickly adapt to whatever bullshit I did <laughs> just like a millisecond before you say your name. <laughs> I'm very talented. Like you catch on to it so quickly. weirdly particular way. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm Batman, and we're Just Us Losers. We have a Gmail, justusloserspod at gmail.com. That no one fucking responded to. Yep, we posted a challenge in our last episode we're gonna do it every and week it's everyone failed it's a new thing and we're gonna do it until someone does it and uh, then matt what, we'll was your, what was your result of it oh well so the challenge was uh at the end of, we're gonna, of every week we're gonna challenge you to get to uh the lego like the lego property of bionicle just yep. bionicle wikipedia page it's a wikipedia the challenge um and we're gonna give you a wikipedia page to start on and you got to get to the uh, uh, get to the bionicle page and as few uh links within each article as you can yep um i mean it's like what's what's the it's the hitler game that you have to get from anything to hitler yeah something like that there's like a million versions of the game so we we decided to do our own uh last week since we were doing it on the ford versus ferrari movie with brendan you had to get from the ferrari car company page to bionicle yep uh matt was able to do it in what seven i think seven um shall i give my answer yeah give your answer all right my solution was starting on ferrari ford company or ferrari car company uh and then racing sports racing video games lego racers lego lego technique bionicle nice six six nailed it uh real quick i'm gonna what the fuck is happening to what did soundcloud do did hey went it updated and it went fucking weird. The mobile version must be. Yeah. It's, the web you, version looks fine. Can you find if anybody's commented on that? Nope, nobody's commented on it. Nope. Um. Yeah. Uh, so, Matt, what you been up to? Uh, I've been watching The Mandalorian because we got know. Disney Plus now. Yes, we do. Yeah. Uh, I want to save that to talk about it a little bit after. Yeah, we should probably do that. Yeah. I was just excited because I watched the second episode like right before 
texted you to okay. come record. Uh, I've re- been reading a little more Nightfall. Okay. Um, still haven't finished Volume One, but I'm close. Gotcha. I just haven't been reading very much. Uh, John Paul Valley's starting to be a little bit scarier. Yep. Which is, I think, kind of how this story's supposed to go. Starts to become a bit demented. Does he have his metal hands yet? Nope. Okay. That sounds terrifying. Yep. Sounds very nineties. Oh, it's so nineties. <laughs> just wait. It, it it gets great. Okay. It gets super nineties, and it's kind of funny at some points. Yeah. It's unfortunate. I'm trying to push myself through nightfall so i can get to the other stuff that i'm really excited about reading that stack <laughs> like uh but i know if i don't do nightfall right now i'm not gonna get through it yeah so i'll finish it someday um so i want my goddamn books back because it my collection looks weak right now because you have well you have all my books to fill in the gaps <laughs> good point <laughs> i'll get to that all right uh I really don't think I've been up to much of anything. Um, Man, we are just losers right now. It's just it's us. The namesake. It's yeah, li- like, li- living shit. up to ourselves here. The past few weeks, our watch been up to have just been absolute trash. I mean, you've been pretty much shafted because of your car. Yeah, which means <laughs> I should have more time to just sit at home and watch stuff. But <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah. no, I haven't been taking advantage of that. Um, yeah, well, I, I learned recently that um me and my dad and my brother are going to go to vegas for a chess tournament over winter break oh so i've been kind of frantically prepping for that oh are your parents paying for it or are you having to pay no i'm paying for it it's a, like a christmas present thing the what say what my parents my dad's paying for the okay. trip it's like a it's like, like, like a christmas present thing. gotcha i was about to get like super personal like like another like one of our tangents <laughs> of like things that have nothing to do with the podcast and ask a certain question i'll ask you that after later all right yep um yeah, so I'm I'm excited. I'm also very stressed because I'm completely underprepared. And there was one tournament I wanted to go to last weekend, but I didn't have a car and I didn't have a ride. So I wasn't able to go. And that means I'm not going to be, I'm going to be very rusty and it's going to go badly. Eh, but oh well, okay. it'll be fun. Yep. Uh, that's it. Aside from the two things that we've done together yep. or done separately, Good but uh, we we watched some men. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because we we have realigned ourselves to recording before Watchmen. Yep. Uh, okay, so I have I read the next issue of The Flash. I'm getting back to reading comics. Good. Because I, holy shit, I need to get back to my schedule of actually like going to bed at nine and reading a comic. Yep. Um, I could not sleep for the life of me last night. Um, so I just sat up and read a comic to like try to, because I was on my phone for too long for sleeping. So I got uh-huh. up, read a comic. Um, and. Other than that, oh, I played Skyrim the other day. Actually, I got oh. myself play a video game the other day. All right, I was playing Skyrim, and I usually go for Shield and Sword because it's easy for me to do. Um, but this time I was just like, I'm gonna do fucking magic, and holy shit, magic is overpowered. Like, I, I wouldn't just know. Fireball everybody, and they all die. <laughs> nice, really quick. Um, so that's fun. Uh. I'm also super tired. I currently have a project active in every single one of my classes. This week is the final week before dead week. And we only have half a week this week Mm -hmm. because of Thanksgiving break. Mm -hmm. Next week is dead week, which is when some of the projects are due. And then the week after that is when the rest of the projects are due. And it's also finals week. This week's not Thanksgiving week yet. Is next week Thanksgiving week? 
Yeah, Thanksgiving's the 28th like, or something. Oh, good. I have another week. Thank fuck. Yeah. Oh, okay. That helped. That that gives me literally seven more days. Yeah. Which, okay. I'm not a procrastinator. I used to be a massive procrastinator. Doesn't surprise me. Like, it was... Oh, God. I mean, there's a reason that I got suspended from school because I just yep. never did homework. I, I was the kind of person that procrastinated and then got really depressed and anxious and panicked and just didn't do it. Yep. Um... That has fully changed in the past year. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you ever, like, I mean, I'm sure you've noticed. Yes, like, that, very much. Like, I jump on top of shit. And when I have five projects going at the exact same time, all group projects, I'm, like, on top of things. Like, at mm-hmm. any point, I'm like, which one can I work on? Which one can I make progress on? Like, on the way here, I was like, okay, IDA, like, my intelligent data analyst class, I'm a little behind on that project. Like, we haven't, we've made some progress, mm-hmm. but we got to start actually working on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not due until like December 10th or something. Okay. Like I've got a long got time like to work on month, it, yeah. but it's the only one that's not as far as the rest of them. Right. The problem I'm facing though, and the reason I'm so exhausted and just like stressed right now is because in all of my group projects, I'm the only one that has this many projects. Mm-hmm. There's so like, there's one project that everyone else only has one, like either has no project or one other project. There's the other ones that everyone else has just two other projects. I've got four other projects. Yeah. So when I'm, I'm like, we got to get going. They're like, oh, no, we got plenty of time. I'm like, no, you do. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> like, if you, if all of these projects just wait till the last two weeks, suddenly I – so if you look at how many days it takes to do a project, mm-hmm. let's say it takes – or let's say hours. All right. Let's say it takes 10 hours to do a project. Okay. That being – Oh, so generous. Let's say it we're takes just, 20 hours to do a yeah. project. We're just trying to trying to do some sort of abstract mathematical yeah. reasoning here. We're not 20, hour, 20 hours to do a project. I've got 100 hours of project to do. Mm-hmm. You can fit 20 hours in a hyper-procrastinated, stressed, all-nighter, college-level week. Yep. Like, you could do that with one project. Yep. You can't do that with 100 hours. Yeah. So I'm just like, motherfuckers. So there's one project that I was feeling super productive and we hadn't even started yet. So I just did all of like the first chunk, like the first half, which was actually doing the Excel sheet and doing the mathematics and stuff. So all that's left to do is just write the paper. And I'm like, you guys can do that. I've done my part. Um, <laughs> I've got another project that uh, it's me and this other girl is, uh, it was, we were assigned groups and I'm just bitching about my classes right now. It's go two for weeks it before finals week. So you, you guys going to listen to this. This is the last time you'll ever hear me bitch about finals week. Yeah. Which is a great thing to say. <laughs> um, next, ne- next semester, all you'll hear me is bitching about uh, OU health facilities, <laughs> OU health services, because I'm doing my capstone with them. Um, but basically, like, there's this other group that we were assigned to group, so we couldn't choose our friends. Right. And I haven't heard from half of the group, but the other girl, like, so I put it all in a Google Doc. This other girl, Reagan, I get emails every day of, like, Reagan is uh, editing the Google uh, – the, mm-hmm. the, or the editing something in your OneDrive. And I'm like, thank you, Reagan. Because I've done – Go, I did, Reagan. <laughs> I did half, like, the bullet points. So it's basically just presenting a paper to the class. Oh, and I yeah. did half the bullet points of the paper. She seems to be doing the other half. We're getting together tomorrow after class. And, like, we're just going to, like, all of us – like, all right, write the slides. We'll practice sometime next week. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Uh, I've got my IDA, which we have been scraping so much – data for the past week so basically what we're doing is we're predicting this this was actually really interesting because we got to choose what our project was Mm -hmm. um we are predicting who is going to be in the final four 
based on stats throughout the season okay for college football what we're doing is we, t- we have taken all of the power 10 uh, divisions or all the power 10 conferences all the teams in them power five and group of five and whatever that second five is. It's the group of five. The group of five. It's the official name. <laughs> oh, is that really? That's the, yeah. That's what? It. Yep. That's so sad. Well, I couldn't call them the week five. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like John Mulaney. It was just like uh, the group, like group one was like the blue angels. They're all the smart ones in math. And then there was us. Group two. <laughs> uh, okay. So the the group of five mm-hmm. um we have all those schools and we have all of the statistics from 2009 to 2018 mm-hmm. and that's everything that's like uh conversion so third and fourth down conversions and percentage mm-hmm. uh second down conversions uh field goals yards per pass yard per rush number of rushing like like just mm-hmm. all of this data and we're basically going to and we have them all there's a binary factor of like if they were in the final four at the end right or not one thing that's kind of annoying is the CFP playoffs only started 2014. Uh, the CFP is playoffs is redundant. C- CFP ha, you, you ATM machined it. You pin numbered it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've got 2009 to 2013 where we realized that I guess they just chose the powerful three games based on the top four of the AP. Yeah. Um, so we're using that. And basically we're going to look at this and see what the um, most important factors of being if there is a is there if there is an objective factor into being in the final four because mm-hmm. right right now being like being in the final four is entirely subjective of like i mean it's objective in the way of like who's the who's winning a lot yeah but when it comes down to if you have six undefeated teams it's relatively subjective on this council of college football playoffs right um so we're trying to see if like, if there's a way that you can actually predict what they're going to say based on the stats. Okay. Um, and one thing that we're going to do, we're actually doing is we have all the conferences marked. I, we are really, really hoping like me and one of one of the other group is a group of three me and one of the other group members are huge football fans. Mm-hmm. We are. Oh, so hoping that literally being in the sec increases your likelihood of being uh. in the final four, <laughs> because that would objectively show an sec bias. Because the thing no, is, no, there you, could be there could be no, external so, circumstances, so you, though, right? So you, yeah, uh, in in intelligent data analytics, there's a way to if you just look at like conference being in the Big Twelve, you could or being in the Final Four, mm-hmm. you yeah, like you could see that the right. SEC is statistically more in the Big Twelve, yeah, or in, in the Final Four, yeah. But it's bringing all the other data in that if you look at all the just the data purely, and you have a value, but then you bring in the SEC as a value. And that changes your result. That's when it shows that that has an effect. I think there's still some intangibles that could be tied to the SEC as an institution that wouldn't be statistically measurable. Um, just something with the the football culture. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's like so that the thing is, if the football culture would the the intangible of the football culture would bring about better stats that would get you to the final four well i i think i think it would manifest as different stats different like something that would make them go to the final four Mm -hmm. but if you do run purely on stats and it goes oh these top like these 
are what make you in the final four, mm -hmm. but then you bring in conference and suddenly you're 60% more likely to be in the final four, ignoring your stats for the most part. Mm -hmm. If you're in the SEC, well, actually like there's, I mean, data analytics has done like the studies of data analytics has done that to find out if that's an effect right? rather than like if it's a parallel effect. Cause there's uh we're looking at also, this is totally a topic that we could do as an episode, like uh, just talking about football, because that is pop culture. Oh, we yeah. talked about doing sports. Yes, um, it's on the list. We should we should do one um, before the the playoffs. Before the playoffs, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, one of the things we we were thinking about considering is if having a Heisman helps your chances of being in the play in the football playoffs. But we think that those are parallel. Or that's a like a literally literally a linear correlation. Yeah. Because if what has gotten you into the playoffs, it's highly likely that that same stuff is going to give you a Heisman. Yeah. So it, we're we're gonna we're gonna run a model to see if that happens, um, but also Heisman is something that happens really late in the season. Right. And what we're looking for is like week by week, you put the stats in and you see what your chances are of being in the Final Four compared to the other schools. Mm -hmm. And ever, and like obviously from week one to two to three that could change drastically oh, yeah. based on the games. Also, since early on, like you, you, once you, once you get to weeks seven, eight, nine, ten, 10, that's when it'll start like kind of honing in on four teams, maybe one or two switch out that right. these guys are going to be the ones that are in the final four. Yep. Um, and then, uh, like you get to, Oh, I fucking forgot an entire element of what I was going to say. Anyway, that's a project I'm working on. <laughs> so who's just, who's going to be in the final four this year? We haven't done the project yet. Yeah. That's why we just spent a week actually like scraping that data. That's right. And, you were telling me about like, that. Like writing VBA and yep. like, cause it was, it was just put in a God awful format in Excel. Yep. So I had to just write VBA to try to like get it. And it crashed my computer like eight times mm -hmm. because I literally ran out of rows on Excel. Whoa! I ran a code to like start transposing things because I had all my data was on, along columns mm -hmm. and I wanted it to transpose so that they were down rows. Mm -hmm. And I literally ran out of rows because it's 138 schools, 10 years, and 56 stats. That shouldn't run you out of rows. There's like a million and a half rows. Well, it said something about like rows and my and my Excel crashed and oh. backed everything up. All right. But, so I, I thought I ran out of rows, but... I don't know. Whatever. So that's what I've been up to. Calling it right now. Uh, number one, Ohio State. Number two, LSU. Number three, uh, Clemson. Number four, Oregon. Okay. Yeah, definitely not OU. OU. Probably not. Dude, that game, though. That game, though. Holy shit. Whoo. Biggest comeback in program history. Yep. So stressful. <laughs> moving on all right news i've oh, got wait. i've got some excitement oh we should we should do our actual uh, so mandalorian mandalorian um spoilers uh for the next let's say five minutes yep um just talking about the first two episodes that's all inside of, of this point if you haven't seen it watch it uh really quickly it's really good i enjoyed it a lot um, so spoilers spoilers um Man, I was really hoping they weren't going to make him do the Force so soon. Yeah. But it's also, they don't, have, it's not a super long season. That's true. It's like eight episodes, 45 minutes an episode, if that. 
Um, yeah, this last one was like 36. Yeah, they don't have a lot of time. Um, I feel like I want to like it more than I do like it. Yeah. Like, it looks like Star Wars and it feels like Star Wars, but it also just feels a little off somehow. Yeah, I mean, it's there's a lot of elements of Disneyfying. Yeah, a little it. bit. And um, it, it feels like a... Um, it feels like a, someone's trying to imitate a Western, but not actually being a Western. Yeah. There's a lot of Westernisms that mm-hmm. don't actually give it the character of, say, something like Firefly, where it's just over the top and so egregiously. That's just like, we're Firefly. doing a space Western, but it's interesting it feels like it's Firefly. Because it's John Favreau. No, it's Joss Whedon. Oh, what? No. Yeah. I thought it was John Favreau. Nope. What's he doing? No, uh, he did Iron Man. No, shut up. I know he did Iron Man. He didn't do anything before that. He was an actor before that. Oh, Joss Whedon was um, Avengers. Firefly. Yeah. I thought you were saying Joss Whedon was Mandalorian. No. Yeah, because that's John Favreau. Yes. That's where I was super confused. Uh, yes, I, 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 yeah, I okay, that. we I, talked circles around each other woo, for a minute. That was, <laughs> we're a great podcast. Uh, this bodes well for the rest of this episode. No kidding. Um. The music isn't great. I'm really hating the music. It feels like it It doesn't know what it wants to be. It feels like it wants to be Western, like you mentioned. Yeah, it's like a 21st century update of Western sound. Yeah, but it's like trying too hard to be what it was in the trailers, which was really... I really dug, dig, dig, digged the music in the trailers. Yeah. But this just feels like a diluted version of it. Yeah. And it's, it's just not impactful. No. It's unimpressive. Kind of takes me out of it. Yeah. Um, Pedro Pascal's amazing. I, I really do enjoy his little, like oh, like he like goes around the, uh, goes around the corner and sees the the turret and just goes oh and then turns back. <laughs> he's got some great moments. Yeah, um, he's he's doing well. Cinematography's the, great. Cinematography's great. Uh, effects are definitely TV level. Yeah. Um, using his helmet as a means of showing what's happening behind the camera was actually really creative mm-hmm. when they were like the people that like the they weren't tuscan raiders whatever those other bounty hunters were i don't know we're like oh they were bounty hunters because they had the yeah um at, like watching them jump over the you saw that right yeah yeah watching that through his helmet was actually really cool yeah um i, I like the ability to use reflections in film now mm-hmm. because you have it's much easier now to erase the camera out of the reflection right (laughs) and see also star wars episode three where they had someone had to go frame by frame of every single time 3po was in frame and paint out the camera Mm -hmm. which holy shit i would have killed myself by the end of that (laughs) (laughs) that is a lot yep in my high school film class i had i had a shot that involved it was it was kind of a convoluted shot that involved turning in looking at a mirror and then there's a person that you see in the mirror that you don't see when the camera first goes into the room. And it was kind of fun to figure out all the blocking for that. Uh, Helped that I had a very talented cameraman. Shout out to Ryan Lance, who definitely doesn't listen to this podcast. Nice. You should listen to the podcast, Ryan. I told him. Yep. Um, writing seems all right so far. It, it's adequate. It's adequate. There's a lot of forced exposition, especially in the first episode. A little bit, yeah. Um. Like the, uh, the there there's a few elements or a few points even in the second one too where he's like, uh, weapons are part of my religion. It's like that. 
that seemed kind of forced. Like the way that he said it. It also didn't seem like exposition as much as just like, look, I'm a Mandalorian and I'm in a bad mood. I'm holding on to my weapon yeah. and I'm going to make up an excuse. Even though weapons are totally part of their religion. Yeah, that it is. But yeah. it just seemed more like he was cranky. Yeah. Um. Oh, I was literally, we're talking about Mandalorian and Carter just Snapchatted me. No. Oh. Carter's loving it. Okay. So much. Except for the music. He also isn't a huge yeah. fan of the music. It's uh, Ludwig Göransson, and he's good. Huh? It's Ludwig Göransson. Yeah, he's good, but... He's good, but maybe not in this setting. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, anything else on that? Nope. Watchmen? Watchmen. Still great. Still enjoying it. It's creepy as fuck now with yeah. Ozymandias. Um, we've now kind of, kind of hit the point. It feels like we've hit the turn where there's more revelations than yes. mysteries. Um, uh, or at least, like... It, Things are clearer. Yeah, we're getting more direction now. Yeah, uh, and which is good because I was worried that it was just going to be eight episodes of mystery and then one episode of unsatisfying denouement. Yep. Um, but things are kind of starting together. We have no idea what's actually going on, but we can sort of see the threads of where something will have been going on. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're and honestly, this is actually it's. Oh, I I wonder if this is on purpose or not. We're starting to see the edge of the world yeah like it's we, we're not looking at the 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 flat earth from space seeing it as a plate but we're starting to see wait is that an edge um and so which is going to help yeah, like it's starting mm-hmm. to make things a bit more clear which could be reflected directly with ozymandias throw uh launching those things in. like we're seeing we saw that yeah so i wonder if that actually has a reflection to the general plot direction of we're starting to see the edges he sees the edge of like we both that literally could well see be. the the ends of his world mm-hmm. and we're seeing the ends of the plot come together yeah in most cases i'd say that being be giving them too much credit but this kind of feels like the show where they might actually yeah. go and do that level of thematic detail yeah um so we still have a lot of questions there's, they're going to have to cover a lot of ground in a pretty satisfying way to make this all pay off, but they've done yeah. well so far. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, like, you, like you said, we're on the turn. I think we, we're like, we we just peaked on a hill, mm-hmm. and like, or like on a roller coaster, and mm-hmm. it's it's the roller coaster that doesn't drop you immediately. It kind of goes like down a couple feet, mm-hmm. and then you coast for a couple episodes mm-hmm. of like, okay, I'm starting to see, mm-hmm. I kind of see what's going on, and then like the last because we've got like three episodes. Uh, it's a nine episode season. So, oh, I was I was thinking, okay, we've got two episodes, and then we have three episodes. Okay, I was thinking like three episodes after the. I just said a couple episodes. Mm-hmm. My brain was post those couple episodes. So I said three episodes. <laughs> so we got five episodes left. Right. I think we're gonna get some nice coasting on two episodes of like kind of seeing like no more introductions to characters yep no more just big mysteries being revealed Mm -hmm. it's gonna start to be kind of like the same like we're seeing the edges of the world Mm -hmm. and then it's just gonna be three episodes of like fucking insanity yeah like revealing oh this is this guy's been doing this all along this is this case she's actually a nazi stuff like just yeah not so stuff that puts everything together yep um i'm excited yeah I loved the beginning of this episode with the Vietnamese lady just showing up at the house. Oh, yeah. Miss True. Yeah. Or lady True. Lady True. Because, for one thing, that was a really great just, like, two-minute wordless montage of getting us to really like this just 
yeah. ordinary American couple. Yeah. And then just throw a weird wrench into their lives. Yeah. Um, and it pays off in a, at least it's sort of first step towards payoff in a yeah. very interesting way. We still don't know exactly how that all tied out, mm-hmm. but I'm intrigued. So, and I, I feel like I'm a, oh man. Cause I talk about how, um, Rorschach can still be alive because nah. well no i still I'm, I'm getting to something <laughs> uh, i talked about how rorschach could still be alive because uh um dr manhattan is literally god and can do whatever the fuck he wants but your point that no one else was there why would he do that theatric mm-hmm. why would he be all theatrical about it is a great point so i i'm pretty much off board on the rorschach being alive yes however i made like a big old face at you guys in the last episode when we they realized or we realized well we knew they were vietnamese about how um comedian raped a vietnamese woman and then shot her to kill the baby Mm -hmm. while dr manhattan was watching what if dr manhattan did some really discreet magic-y shit and saved the baby and that's her Again, I don't buy it based on textual evidence from the original comic. Okay. Because in that scene, and I guess also in the movie even, um, that scene is meant to show the turning point where we realize that Dr. Manhattan has started losing touch with humanity. Mm. That feels like a very someone who is is in touch with humanity kind of move to save that baby. Yeah. At that point, he's too big picture. And that, that moment is an important character revelation. Okay. So... I admire the thought. I don't think it's true. Gotcha. I just like the idea of like bringing that. I, I like it, but I also don't like it of bringing everything, tying everything all the way back to the comic. Yeah. Like, don't do that too much. Yeah. Uh, no, but, but I'm just saying they need to stay true to the spirit of the comic yeah, exactly, and to the, yeah. the actual holy sacred text yeah. of Alan Moore. So uh, that's that. Um, We think they're cloning. Yep. The, at least the some somehow something Ozymandias prison something something what yeah exactly uh news we're at 28 minutes all right we're killing so much time because boy this is gonna be a <laughs> oh i should go check oh what yeah on the same fucking episode? that would be something okay we're still good yeah this episode last time we recorded it this is the one that crashed a couple weeks ago yeah uh we got an exciting email from uh music department the email address is bands.labels at skunkradioproductions.co.uk yeah i'm very excited about this this is big news for our podcast let me just let me just read this out verbatim good day i found your music profile online and i hope it's all right to contact you here i'm an a&r representative at music discovery xo an artist relations company representing independent musicians and labels around the world we are looking for new music for our radio network music licensing catalog and artist promotion roster that should have been an oxford comma you douche (laughs) and i'd like to invite you to audition Subject to a successful edition, Music Discovery XL will get your music heard by entertainment industry professionals and fans around the world and help facilitate music licensing and distribution deals, live events, and touring opportunities. Oh, for two. Mm. Record label and music publisher deals and other career opportunities. What? Why would you skip the Oxford? That, what? That's not even like an Oxford. Co- that's a list of like six things. Why would you skip the third one? Ugh. <laughs> You will receive a detailed agreement once your audition has been successful. Please do get in touch. It would be a pleasure to hear from you. In the meantime, you can also find out about the audition and obtain an audition ticket at www.skunkradiolive.com slash auditions. Kind regards, Steve. So either 
Either. Either that is a bot. Okay. But it, it said Steve. Annoying, and it's going to get annoying. It's Steve Bot. Bot Steve. Oh, uh, I guess it is just a first name. Last name could be Bot. Yeah, see? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's either a bot mm-hmm. that is really annoying and they're starting to email us, which is going to get fucking old. Yep. It's already old. Yep. Or we are so bad at podcasts that we have genuinely convinced someone else that our podcast, hour long podcasts are just songs. We're experimental postmodern music. Yes. (laughs) This is self-reference. It is meaningful. (laughs) Oh, it's fucking bots. Like we used, we're used to getting those. uh, Matt and I kind of went on a montage a few months or a few, a few months ago. Of, like, shitting on bots that commented on our SoundCloud. Yeah. That was fun. Yep. But now they're emailing us. Yeah. So we can't, like, it's not fun to bully someone if it's not in public. Yep. So we can't, like, reply to this email with a shitty comment. Yeah. So. I did just read their email address out loud. Oh, yeah. You could you could spam them. Our, our millions it, of customers. Read again. Uh, bands.labels at skunkradioproductions.co.uk. Spam them with nonsense. Or we can get an ob- you can get an audition ticket at www.skunkradiolive.com slash auditions. That. That. Get fucked, Steve. Go away, Steve. News. News. Uh, there's one thing that I would like to just right off the bat address. Okay. Ford versus Ferrari is fucking killing it. Yeah. And we got high praises from Brendan about it. Yes. Um, I want to go see it now purely because of that. I had been interested and I'm now more interested. Yep. I'm probably going to go see Knives Out with my family because they're interested in seeing that. Oh, yeah. We might, I might actually see some movies. Yeah. Um, and along with that, guess what's doing poorly? What? Charlie's Angels. Who fucking saw that coming? I was mildly excited. Ah, fucking remakes, dude. Yeah, but it's no like. No one gave a shit. It's a reboot. No one gave a shit. I did. All right. A well, bit. you're a no one. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> it's make. I think it made like seven, sixty-one million. No, not even. Oh no, not even. Maybe like six point one. Six point one, I think, is what. It yeah, was. I'm pulling up IMDb right now so I can look at the list. Uh, eight point six. Eight point six. And it's probably a fifty million dollar movie at least. Yeah, and I think the Ford versus Ferrari is making like a fuck ton of movie. Uh, fuck ton of uh, money yeah I can speak um, i have a podcast it was at 31.0 but i don't that was probably a couple days ago mm-hmm. um yeah but it's it's doing well yep um charlie's angels is not so much ford yep. versus ferrari it's also fun i've been watching the metacritic number just climb over oh, the past really? few weeks because when it came out of festival it was sitting at like high 50s low 60s uh-huh. um Last week is up to about 70, and today it's up to 80. Oh, fuck, dude. It is so, up there. Yeah. Look at it go. Um, and it, what other news? Uh, Disney's been announcing release dates and moving some release dates around. Yeah, they're all they're spamming us with the release dates. Yep, so we're getting hit with a lot of MCU stuff. Yeah, um, we're getting like, what, four in 2023? Four in 2022 and four in 2023. Yeah. Uh, we don't know any of those except Black Panther 2 is going to be May 6th, 2022. Yep. Um, We've got Black Widow coming out soon. Black Widow is going to be in May, May 1st. Uh, the Eternals is next November. Um, Shang-Chi is going to be February 2021. 
Uh, Doctor Strange is going to be May 2021. Spider-Man 3 is going to be July 2021. And Thor Love and Thunder is going to be November 2021. Gotcha. Wow, that is real quick in 2021. Yeah. And then we've also got the... Um, the Falcon Winter Soldier show in 2020 and WandaVision, Loki, and Marvel's What If in 2020 and Hawkeye in 2021. You know, I'm curious how they're going to approach this this round. Because obviously, like, with all these things, they, they're going to come together again. Yeah. To another big old Avengers thing. Yep. Um. With Avengers, it was all, like, disconnected, and then Thanos showed up with the Infinity Gauntlet, and that wasn't, like, a plan for them to do the Infinity Wars. Yeah, they kind of just threw down a lot of little breadcrumbs throughout the, um, I guess, the Phase 1. What I do with D&D, where I'm just like, Mm -hmm. here's just a fucking thing, and if people are interested in it, maybe I'll make it a bigger thing. Yeah. And people were really interested in the Thanos thing, and people started to put it together, and by by Ultron, that was cemented that they were doing Infinity Wars. Mm -hmm. Uh, Infinity War. Holy fuck, I forgot what the... Actually, is it Infinity War? Yeah. Okay, wow, holy crap. Um, but this next time around, people are going to be looking for a lot more. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering how they're going to approach it. Like, if they're actually going to be putting hints of something bigger, but they're hiding it better? I don't know. I'm curious. Yeah, I'm a little worried that they're just going to go into this from the start with, like, a big picture kind of set in stone already. Yeah. That feels like dangerous. a That feels like a dangerous move. Yeah. Um, I think Ken, Kevin Feige, especially with this particular thing, might not be doing that. Like maybe he's aware that that's how it succeeded the first time. Mm-hmm. He's gonna do it again. Be like, kind of put some put some seeds. Maybe they don't know which of these characters is gonna be the center of it all. Mm-hmm. Like this one was obviously like Captain America, Iron Man, Thor. Right. Um, weren't really sure that that was gonna be the center of it all. Right. Um, especially Iron Man. Like they didn't know that he would be just like. Oh, especially when Iron Man came out, they didn't know they'd have fucking in-game happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they might, they might just be like putting these movies out and just be, eh, we'll see what happens. This is the next Phase One, but it's a four-year-long Phase One. Right. Yep. Uh, it's all just one movie per character. Yeah, we're not getting any one twos. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah, great. We're just spreading out. Uh, yeah. We're also gonna get a Moon Knight show. Oh, that's right. Um, and a She-Hulk show. Yep. So. That'll happen. I yep, yep, yep. I like both of those characters by reputation, but haven't read anything. Yeah, I think I think Moon Knight's one that I'm really interested in because that's it's like Spider Man, Daredevil, and Moon Knight are the three that I want to get into when I mm-hmm. um, finally finish my mission of buying all of DC comics. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Let's see. We have we have an image of Baron Zemo in his yes! purple mask. Yes, and it actually looks good. Yes, it does. It like, looks like a good realistic, but also comic reasonably accurate kind of yep. thing. Um, and I love Daniel Brule, so mm-hmm. color me excited for Falcon Winter Soldier. What color? You know, I was kind of thinking sort of a puke yellow. Oh, I was going off the purple mask kind of thing. I know where you were going with I that. Know. I was subverting you. You shit on my life all the time, Matt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just retaliation and escalation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, what else do we got? Um, oh, uh, one release date that is apparently still fixed is New Mutants for April next year. We'll see. They have they have doubled down and confirmed that it is April twenty twenty. I kind of wanted to get pushed back. I would. I cannot wait to see it. I would kind of like to see it get pushed back, just as a continuation. <laughs> just the joke that is that movie. Not uh, the uh, 
if this is the first time you're hearing me talk about it i am i have been so stoked about that movie since the trailer came out yeah like i love twisting a uh, we talk about it regularly i love taking a taking the superhero genre and putting it in a different situation which is why i'm excited for like why well, wouldn't like want a Batman noir movie mm -hmm. or like a, a um, maybe a Riddler or a, um, a Black Mask or uh, my the example I used to do was Penguin mm -hmm. centered Batman psychological horror and this looks like a psychological horror movie that's just centered around X Men people yeah and I'm fucking ready for it yep but this whole monstrosity of the Fox <laughs> merger and everything has just been a catastrophe and I would love to see it just get, keep getting pushed back. <laughs> <laughs> or just made like a net or a DC plus or Disney plus original. Yeah. Except it wouldn't be an original. No. Yep. Disney, Disney plus appropriation. Appropriation. Yeah. Something like that. Disney has a tendency to appropriate. Appropriate. Ooh, mm -hmm. we can get topical on that one. Yep. Moving on. Moving any on. Any other news? I don't think I had anything big. All right. Did I have anything small? Probably not. Nope. Matt. Preston. Speaking of things that are big. My penis. I was going to <laughs> You know me too well. Or I know the you too well. The production of my favorite series of all time, Twilight Saga. I, I was not prepared for Twilight Saga. I'm sorry. I was, <laughs> um, I was, I went all in on Fifty Shades of Grey. Ah, uh, see, I said, I, you went with the, I, I made the joke about the, um, the fan fiction Mm -hmm. That was a joke, Matt. Twilight Saga. <sighs> I want to talk about Kristen Stewart. I know. And her I'm embarrassed. deadpan stare for <laughs> an entire franchise. <laughs> what was the, the things that came out around that one where it was just like the, the different emotions of, in, in Kristen Stewart and it's just the same face? Ugh. But my actual favorite Your actual series. favorite series. Lord of the Cars. Rings. Okay, Lord of the Rings. Okay, we're, going, <laughs> we're, we're killing this joke. <laughs> We've had enough. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Okay, so this is the second part. Uh, this is part two of part two of the series. Um, Sounds take right. Take two of part two. Take two of part two. Um, the first time was garbage. This one's going to be just as garbage because yep. I am literally oh so marginally more prepared than I was last time. <laughs> <laughs> and on the bright side... I crammed everything for that episode two weeks ago, and I don't remember any of the oh stuff God, I said. This is going to be terrible. Okay, <laughs> so this is the second part of this series, uh, of uh, a type of series that we're going to be doing throughout, where we talk about a franchise just in general, like watching the movies, like how what we enjoyed about the movie, basically reviewing the movies. Mm -hmm. Then we talk about behind the scenes of the franchise, and then we talk about the source material. So, first episode was, what, like fucking four weeks ago or something? Something like that. TRC, where we reviewed the movies and talked about what we enjoyed and what made her cry, which was basically Boromir and then uh, Aragorn being crowned. Um, We've had a lot of guests recently. I know! We're doing great! Yeah! Are we doing great? I don't know. Is that a good We've thing? We've not grown our following, but we just have more guests. I think we're just getting lazy. Yep. And it's easier to have guests on to carry another Just share the workload element. a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> we're such bad <laughs> podcasts at this point. Uh, the second one. So this this episode, we are talking about like all of the big shit that happened behind the scenes of Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. uh, I forgot to bring my actual notes. I had a notes for a structure of doing this, oh. rather than just like shotgunning this shit. But I forgot it. Oh, nicely done. All right. Well, this is just gonna continue the pattern of this episode. Yeah. Um. 
So what we're going to talk about is like, you know, the, the effects, how the movie was made, the story of the movie being made, stories throughout the movie being made. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's just start real quick with uh, all the injuries, because that was one of the most fun things. Is all the injuries that happened, all right. the near death experiences that happened. On oh, the these show, are good on this on the shooting. So yep. shooting. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll start. I'll start with the most famous one, which is uh, Viggo Mortensen breaking his big two toes. Yep. Um, in the scene, not to be confused with his two big toes. True. Yes. Important. Uh, in the scene when they discover the pile, they they met the Rohirrim and then they uh, went and saw the pile of dead orcs and they thought Mary and Pippin were dead. Aragorn gets real upset and kicks an orc helmet and lets out this big like. Just emotional cry. It's a good thing he didn't kick the bucket. Yeah. Viggo Mortensen shattered his toes on that take. Yep. Um, but the dude is such a phenomenal actor that he took that actual physical pain and made it into Aragorn's pain. Yep. And then, like, I mean, it's one thing to just, like, let out the scream and then they cut. But, like, they sat on him for, like, five seconds yep. while he's let, sat there on his knees and did, like, a prayer thing. Like, he continued his performance. Yep. He didn't just let out a scream, and then they cut to him up close. Like, he let out the scream, got down, and continued to perform. Yep. My God. <laughs> what a dude. <laughs> uh, so that happened. Um, that happened right before they were filming all the tracking shots of the three hunters, which is, is for fuck's sake, if you don't know what that is, come on. Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli. Mm-hmm. Where they're like running. It's just like the. It's got the big heroic music of the three hunters tra- chasing the um, Urukai and all that stuff. And it's just all these big, like really high up helicopter shots of these three guys running. Mm-hmm. Um, he was running on that. Another Ouch. person that was running on an injury during that whole shot, uh, shoot was uh, Orlando Bloom, mm-hmm. who while riding on a horse fell off the horse and also happened to be riding on the horse with the stunt double of Gimli who then fell on top of him and crap, 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 (laughs) (laughs) crap in his mouth. That was real uncomfortable. Um, And that's why Orlando Bloom gave up acting (laughs) and cracked like four of his ribs. So Orlando Bloom had cracked ribs during that running. And you can actually kind of see it. He's the most obvious Mm -hmm. of the running. He wasn't the only, the second only one that was running with an injury. The body double for John Reese Davies. Nice. Yes, I finally remember. nailed it. Uh, a body double for him that was doing the tracking shots because he had to be shorter mm-hmm. had fucked up his knee somehow. So he was also probably running falling on a... off a horse and then crapping in <laughs> Legolas's mouth. <laughs> uh, so all three hunters were running miserably. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it works out cause it looks like they're exhausted, they're exhausted then. and they're in pain. And yeah. Probably cause they're exhausted and in pain. Yeah. Cause they run like in the book, they specify how many miles it is and it's like a hundred miles in three days or something. Good Jesus Christ. Yeah. What a guy. No more than that. Well, I mean, I wouldn't surprise it's me a if Viggo Mortensen actually ran that. <laughs> um, fucking speaking of someone actually going the distance in their that that the character did Mm -hmm. sean uh sean bean oh yeah was afraid of flying (laughs) was afraid of helicopters specifically i don't he was was he was afraid of flying so they killed off his character rather than having his character ride the eagles back from mount doom because in the book he accompanies frodo and sam to the 
flip of Mount Doom to um, something with something something to Sildor. Uh, well, no, like so initially they were gonna do like, the whole theory about Gandalf saying like "Fly you fools." They were supposed uh, to get on the eagle. yeah, okay. They were gonna do that, but they decided not to do that because of Sean Bean. But then they'd already filmed that by the time they got to that fight. Yeah. So they were like, oh, let's just kill him off because they're going to have to fly at some point anyway. Yep. So they missed that opportunity. No. Uh, <laughs> we're making stuff up. <laughs> Yay! You'll never know what... Uh, we're never a trustworthy source. Um, no, Sean Bean was actually terrified of flying. So when they were doing the shots of them climbing in the like the snowy, like the Misty Mountains, like up in the snow tops, mm-hmm. that was the top of a mountain that Sean Bean hiked every single day in full Boromir armor. Yep. What a guy. <laughs> <laughs> he it, it just, like, to me, it doesn't, still doesn't register why he wouldn't give his armor to someone. Oh, well, I guess makeup had to be done out at the bottom. Yeah, probably. And then it's flown, oh, yeah. flown up. But yeah, so all that. Sean Bean's actually dead exhausted by the time he gets up there. Well, which is good, because his character's supposed to be dead exhausted running around there. up there. Other injuries. Actually, other near-death experiences. I'm gonna, I'm gonna dwell right. around Viggo Mortensen because he's, boy, poor guy. Um, so there was one experience where he was in a boat with someone. I can't. He was. I think Aragorn was in a boat with um, Frodo, mm-hmm. but I don't believe that it was like with Frodo at that point. I thought there was something, but someone like flipped the boat by accident. And he got sucked into a current that took him all the way down to a delta at the end of the river mm-hmm. that he got stuck on the delta and he got his foot stuck under something and pulled him under the current. And he almost drowned to death. Can you imagine if he drowned to death like halfway through filming? That that was about halfway through filming the whole series. Like we talked about ba- vaguely in the last thing mm-hmm. that they filmed this all as one movie. So yeah, they they filmed some stuff in Return of the King before they filmed stuff in Fellowship. Yep. But can you imagine what would have happened? That would have tanked things a little bit. Would have tanked things real hard. Yep. Um. So there's that. Then there is the stunt double or the stunt man who plays Uruk, who throws the dagger at aragorn Mm -hmm. but he was supposed to miss and he didn't and vigo mortensen so i clarify between vigo mortensen and aragorn right vigo mortensen used the sword to hit the dagger out of the way from landing in his face yep and then there was supposed to be like a negotiation at the end of that but vigo mortensen just spent the next 30 minutes beating the living fuck out of the stuntman <laughs> i made that joke like eight times most of them haven't made it into a, <laughs> a, a episode. uh no but he actually did miss and vigo mortensen knocked it out of the way so that like like where he waxed the mm-hmm. um waxed the dagger wax it right off him wax it right off uh that's a real thing that actually fucking happened mm-hmm. oh other injuries um Sam, when he was running out to Frodo at the end of Fellowship, there was a big old shard of glass that went straight up his foot. Um, uh, uh, Dominic, no, Billy Boyd, mm-hmm. uh, who plays Pippin, when they were running, uh, before they got to Bree, when they were running uh, to Brandenburg Ferry, Brandenburg Ferry? Mm-hmm. Brandenburg Ferry. Uh, when he was on Buckleberg that dock. Ferry. Huh? Buckleberg Ferry. Buckleberry Ferry. Uh, when they were running on the dock, he got a... Big ol' splinter. Right, I believe it was actually his toe. I said foot during the mm-hmm. fucked up episode. Uh, but I believe it was his toe. And apparently went all the way through his foot. Or all the way through his toe. And it was one of those uh, 
like he was actually incredibly squeamish and I, I think i remember him passing out like four times yeah um yeah what else happened that's all i can think of right now um let's see um uh, yeah no i think that's it that's it injuries. yep uh okay what, okay let's let's look at how which what, what where do you want to what what do you want to look at? Well, right I'd, now? I'd like to point out that all of these injuries and complications and near death experiences happened because they were just kind of out in the world filming things. This wasn't like a yeah they're running around a green screen and they trip over a cable kind yes. of injury. This yeah. is they're out in the world and there's a glass bottle at the bottom of a river because even beautiful scenic New Zealand is polluted now. But yeah. um. No, because they were going all out to make this yeah. feel like a real world. That was that was Peter Jackson's deliberate, intentional vision for this, was he didn't want to make a fantasy movie. He wanted to make a fantasy world and just put the viewer in there yeah. and make it feel like you're actually experiencing this world firsthand. And so they're doing a lot of shooting on location, a lot of shooting with practical effects, a lot of interesting techniques like forced perspective and things yep. to help uh, make it look like these hobbits are a lot smaller than the the other people. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the tricks they used to help make the hobbits look smaller than other people? And All also right. Gimli. So uh, the first one that's the one that stands out the most to me. Okay, let's, let's talk about the Gimli thing. Let's talk about the Gimli thing. So John Rhys-Davies. Yes. Um, <laughs> the only other thing you might have seen him in, might have seen, well, he's been in some stuff, but the his other relatively recognizable role is from Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's right. He's Sala, the Egyptian guy that um, Indy meets up with in Cairo, I think, and then helps him. Wait, never mind. I don't remember. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna find the character. Okay. Uh, but John Reese Davies, he's actually the right size compared to Elijah Wood, Billy Boyd, Dominic Monaghan. Yep. Yes. Uh, and Sean Evans, not Sean Evans. Sean Evans is Sean, the guy from Hot Ones. Sean Astin. Sean Astin. <laughs> he's also six foot one. Yeah, so he's, there's he's that. Huge. He's a large dude. He is actually the right proportion of halfling to dwarf. Yeah. I say halfling, hobbit. I've been playing D and D too much. That oh, guy. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm putting him on Instagram. Cool. Um, you also whacked the shit out of your mic. I know. Uh, so what they would do for stuff like that? The shot of the fellowship of the ring or the fellowship right at the at the after the council of elrond mm-hmm. is all of the hobbit actors and uh john reese davies superimposed on a the shot of all the tall people yeah um so that's one way that was a special effects thing the better ways that they did things were forced perspective and one of the examples, the one that sticks out the most to me, is when uh, Gandalf and Frodo are talking in uh, in Bag End, mm-hmm. and Frodo's pouring some che- uh, pouring some tea, pouring some cheese, pouring some cheese. <laughs> Listen, hobbits, all hobbits, all rich hobbits, I should say, have a cheese fountain just in their house. Oh yeah, that's that's why they built Hobbiton where they did. It's on top of a rich vein of cheese, so it's they just like it's there's like cheese. it kind of geysers out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was good. Um, no, when the, when he's pouring it, the camera is moving, and what they actually did is they had them on two separate platforms, 
and Gandalf a lot further closer to the TV or closer to the uh, camera. Mm-hmm. And the platforms moved along with the camera. Mm-hmm. And it's it's stuff like that. So um, that is a more complicated version of what they did when Frodo was talking to Gandalf on the wagon. Right. When Frodo was literally just set far back, but the camera is just perpetually right in front. Right. So they didn't have to move. Yeah. That's just a more complicated version of that where they've actually got machinery moving them. Yeah. Well, just think about how difficult that would be to build a set so that the proportions appear to stay consistent. Yep. But while you have this shot with the camera just kind of rotating around the table. He didn't have to do that. No. Like, he could have just done stationary forged perspective all the time. But he wanted, like you said, to put us in this world mm-hmm. where this is actually the case. And he wanted to make it an actual, like, interesting shot yeah. where it doesn't just feel like, okay, here's a static shot. Okay, here's a static yeah. shot. You, you gotta, you know, you've gotta, gotta do something interesting if you want your movie to have some sort of visual appeal. Yeah. And that just blows my mind how much effort they put into Forge Perspective. Yep. There was a few other ways that they kind of like danced around it. Um, the guy who, uh, there was a production assistant or something that is huge. He's like six foot ten or something. Mm-hmm. And he would stand in every time you needed Frodo standing directly in front of Aragorn. They would dress him up in a bigger uh, version of Aragorn's costume. And yep. so anytime you see Frodo just standing in front of Aragorn. That's not Viggo Mortensen. That's this super fucking tall guy. Yep. Um, but then they have um, like small Indian guys. Like all of them were Indian. Mm-hmm. Um, For some reason, they, they would have. Well, I think like Indians are actually statistically shorter, like significantly shorter. They probably were in two thousand one when they were more malnourished. Possibly, but yeah, they had all these people that were like roughly the same size as hobbits, and they would just like. Any shot where you don't see Frodo's face or any of the Hobbit's face, they would um, they would have one of them. Like it's the same wig and everything. But if there was something such as Boromir holding Frodo, oh no, Pippin, I think it was like actually mm-hmm. like holding Pippin when Gandalf was about to drop. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of them with uh, Dominic's or uh, Billy Boyd's face uh, superimposed on top. Mm. Um, so there was a couple stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think that's, there was a couple, they, uh, in Brie, they had a couple, like, really big animatronics, or, like, not animatronics, like, uh, body suits that they would walk around in. Oh, yeah. Um, so, like, there's a guy who, uh, when they're trying to ask for, uh, a table, and the guy's like, oh, like, uh, like, he's, like, leaning over the counter mm-hmm. talking to them. Um, uh, there's a big guy that walks behind him. Mm-hmm. The guy doesn't have a head. <laughs> if you've ever, uh, i'll see if i can find a picture of it but that guy doesn't have a head because well, i mean he has a head but it's a normal sized head <laughs> so it's just like this really big bodysuit and the hands if you look really closely at the hands the hands look fucking god awful <laughs> but like that that doesn't matter because it's your brain fills in that gap right of oh the, these are hobbits and that's a big dude yep um it's and it's also tiny details like them buying a pint Mm-hmm. and the pint's huge yeah for the longest time we talked about this for the <laughs> longest time we thought pints were just that big and now that i'm into beer there's a time like a year ago when i was mm-hmm. like oh, i have a pint and they bring it and it's a fucking it's two cups and yeah. i'm like this is so small <laughs> oh yeah they were hobbits see at least you realized it was a unit of measure because i was <laughs> over here i just thought it was like a um a, a middle earth particular kind of alcoholic drink that approximated beer just in middle yeah. earth and they called it a pint <laughs> you're an idiot 
I was I was a dumb boy. I was. Well, I mean, to be fair, uh, well, actually, not to be fair. Like, what's weird is I it never it never made sense to me why how people didn't understand measuring. Like, remember Gallon Gus? Nope. You remember Gallon Gus? Nope. <gasps> Gallon Gus was the best. So Gallon Gus was a way to know how big or how many of each liquid measurement fit into. Actually, it wasn't liquid. Uh, fluid measurement went mm-hmm. into each. Uh, thing. So he had gallon, which was his body, mm-hmm. and then he had four limbs, his four quarts. Uh, okay. And then, then it got a little weird because each of his four quarts had two sub oh. things, his pints, and then each of those had two two fingers. Yikes. <laughs> got a little alien, but that's <laughs> like when I was a kid and they taught me that, I understood quart, like quarter. There's mm-hmm. four quarters in a dollar. Yeah. And like I, that was before I understood the premise of. Um, latin based things but mm-hmm. anyway anyway shit yep <laughs> that was a big sidetrack uh so that's all the ways that they used or all all the things they used to make hobbits look like hobbits it was so many different ways and that made it feel so real because there were so many different situations mm-hmm. if they just done force perspective all the goddamn time then it would have been oh wait frodo wasn't behind he was superimposed he was on a different set, I think. I'll have to look that up later. Yep. Or or if they'd just, like, CGI'd him and just kind of taken him and shrunk him by 25% or something. Yeah. That would have looked weird and it would have looked unsettling and your eye would have noticed something was off, even yeah. if it couldn't quite place exactly what it was. Yeah. Um, it's also fun to see people, like, they don't have to do this, but it's funny when they use, uh, like, a figurehead of someone. So when there's the shot of Bilbo handing or uh, grabbing the cane and the uh, hat uh, mm-hmm. from Gandalf, uh, watching them do that, like watching them interact, him talking to someone, they have like a weird head that's shaped like Ian McKellen's head, <laughs> holding it up like all the way up, arm's length up. Yep. And it's just why? Why did you put effort into making it look like Ian McKellen? You could have just done what they did with the Hulk, where you just had a fucking tennis ball. <laughs> I can imagine they're just they've got a, a tennis ball floating around up there and Sir Ian McKellen walks up on set after he's he's had a couple cups of Earl Grey and he's feeling feisty and he says, That looks nothing like that's Sean Connery. That was that was a <laughs> disgusting combination of Sean Connery, uh, Ian McKellen, fucking Patrick Stewart, uh like all the big old guys. Like Christopher Lee, you had some Saruman in there. That was a catastrophe. Uh, I'm just going to do that in my normal voice. That looks nothing like me. Take that down this instant or make it look like me. I'm offended. Yeah. I that seems like the sort of thing Ian McKellen would do. Yep. Uh, what else? Um, so that's how hobbits made hobbits look like hobbits. Yep. Um, they were very lucky that they had access to all of scenic New Zealand. Yes. Which I think I think that ties back to the fact that they got the right director with Peter Jackson to yes. do this. Um he was someone that his his first and foremost commitment was making this feel real and authentic and um true enough to the story to keep the book reader satisfied. Yeah. Since he's a New Zealander, he's seen all this beautiful wilderness and yep. all this this just absolutely perfect backdrop for the Lord of the Rings movies. So they can just go out there and film them walking up mountains in yep. their backyard, or they can film them uh, walking through some nice fields in Hobbiton in their backyard, or they can film them um, 
I don't know. What are some other locations? They I mean, can... they can also do sounds. Yeah. That was a thing that happened. They had a they had to do a whole bunch of filming or a bunch of sound recording uh, out near uh, it was like Middleton. Mm-hmm. I think it's middle something. Midland, Midlandton. So I don't fucking know. Towns was, in New Zealand. Uh, there was this town in New Zealand, and they tried to do all the recording, all the sound recording outside because mm-hmm. all the sounds happened outside. But they, given they were next to a town, there it was a pretty dense town, so there was a lot of like commotion and traffic and stuff like that. They had to find a place that's relatively secluded and away from all that noise pollution. So they found a cemetery. <laughs> now they have one story of when they had to film a woman screaming, or had to have audio of a woman screaming. So imagine a town hearing women screaming from a cemetery. Luckily, it wasn't a concern because they notified the police and the police went around yes. to the town and told them all. But, you know, I just like to think of the times, the time, like the, the hypothetical time that they didn't do that. And the town just goes nuts. <laughs> We're haunted. Um, I'm just, I'm really glad that they, they found someone who actually was able to access all this beautiful access, access, access all this beautiful scenery. Because, you know, I could, I could totally imagine some studio just being like, Oh man, we can do this all in computers. We'll shoot the entire thing on green screens and it's going to be majestic. And that that would have been that would have been so awful. I I just I can't imagine that happening to Tolkien's property cuz oh, his God prose no. is so vivid and yeah. Uh you just you picture this world and seeing a, a computerized version of it, it just it wouldn't be the same. I'm really glad that never happened. Glad it never happened. Oh, so glad. Yep. Um what else? Sets. Set design. Yeah, there were some stages. Obviously, that's of course. Happens. Yeah, and you you can't just like you, you can't go to the real Minas Tirith in New Zealand. It's <laughs> uh, it's pretty anti-tourist, and they 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 didn't want the tax break. Yeah. for filming there, so they yeah. they 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 rejected them outright. Yeah, it's unfortunate. They also have a tendency of people on fire to jump jump off of it. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird problem to have. I feel like they should like you know block off that spot, mm-hmm. but. Alright. No well. Teach yeah. their own. So the, their beacon just keeps getting lit by fucking children. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta get that shit hammered down. Come on. Yeah, um, set off a whole chain of beacons all across this all across the country. All across all across New Zealand. Yep. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, also, that's just a question. In the books, do they explain why there's just some dude that's chilling by every beacon? How long does it take for a beacon to get noticed and then the new one to get lit? Because they made it seem like it was an immediate thing. It's quick. Um, so they did just have a dude. Because none of those beacons looked like there were a house next to it. I don't know. I don't they think it gets some explained. Some motherfucker just that sits there forever and just whacks it for a while. There may have also not been as many beacons in the book. I don't really remember the scene. Yeah, that's interesting. Because like there was a couple that like looked like they had a house nearby. Mm-hmm. But like there was the ones at like the top of the mountain mm-hmm. that. Also, imagine the guy that, like, imagine the feeling of your job is to light the beacon if the beacon is ever lit. Mm-hmm. And, like, you just always look up. You're just, like, you kind of ha- habitually, like, look up. And then mm-hmm. one day you, like, look up and you're like, what the? Oh, my God. My time has come. <laughs> it's like a DC question being asked at Trivia Night. Yes. I'm just like, this is why I'm here. <laughs> I know nothing else. This is the only reason that I come to this and the beer. That, too. But anyway, so where are we? 
Uh, oh, yeah. Talking so about Minas Tirith and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So they have things called miniatures, which is a real word. <laughs> and they had like these actual cities. They had Minas Tirith actually built, and it's taller than a person. Yeah. Like they did. They didn't make it like super tiny, and they didn't computerize it. They yeah. built it, and they put detail to it. Yep. Um, Again, authenticity. Yeah. And they have like the the protectors of whatever, like Rowan or whatever, like when they're going on the boats. Mm-hmm. And there's the guys with their hands out. Oh, the uh, the Argonath. That, yeah. Those were huge. Mm-hmm. They made those, and those were like two like two stories tall. Yeah. Made of like styrofoam. I like the watching the video of the guy with the um like the heated wire mm-hmm. and like going through and carving it out. Oh, that sounds satisfying. It's, it was so satisfying. But then thinking about think about what it would sound like and what it would smell like. You ever smelled burns burnt styrofoam? Uh, can't it say that I have. Not a pleasant smell. <laughs> <laughs> it is oh so unpleasant. Kind of feel like oh, a lot of people quietly went insane behind the scenes of this movie. Oh God, so much. <laughs> like. It, uh, what was the, oh, the chainmail. The chainmail people. The chainmail people. All the chainmail was made by hand. And that's everyone's chainmail. Yep. They had dozens of, if not hundreds of extras. Yep. All that had full chainmail. Yep. And a lot of times it's under like a, some sort of jerkin or something where you can only see part of it. All chainmail under chain there. Mail. They they had a, a team of uh, people in the the costume department that literally the entire production just made chainmail. Yeah, they and made. You, you mentioned they made something like three miles of chainmail. Fucking hell. Yep. And you mentioned that like they didn't have fingerprints. They rubbed their fingerprints <laughs> off because they pinched so many of these little rings together. Yeah, that is just. I couldn't do it. No. I feel like, well, I feel like I wouldn't do it because if I got hired to do that, I'd be like, there is a much more efficient way to do this. <laughs> like, find a machine. Ah, <laughs> uh, but then it wouldn't have that authenticity. It wouldn't feel like a real world where someone actually suffered to make that chainmail. Yep. I mean, Little in bits another of case blood. like that where, like, to make it authentic, authentic, they actually put people in the ground in weird, like, liquid sacks for, like, 40 years before this was made for them to, for the orcs to be born. Oh, yeah. That whole scene, fully real. Just percolated them. Disgusting Yeah, Peter shit. Jackson. Uh, he's, he's a bit of a madman. So, the, they came out um, back in the 70s. First, there was the animated Hobbit movie, um, which was, it was done by a Japanese production company, but it's, uh, um, it's English with relatively known... 70s voice actors uh and that's a for one thing that's a good adaptation of the hobbit it tells the story in a fun straightforward way streamlines it just a little bit but doesn't deviate too far from the book um the versions of the songs are fun and i still remember them even though i haven't seen that movie in probably like 15 years Uh um it's a you know it's a good adaptation and i'm glad they never tried to do it in live action yep uh but then they decided okay well we got to do lord of the rings and so they were planning to do well, a different, a different company, the American company, uh, wanted to do the Lord of the Rings. There's this guy, Ralph Bakshi, that wanted to do it. Uh-huh. And so he did the first one. He just called it the Lord of the Rings. And it was basically the entire first book and then the second one up through the Battle of Helm's Deep, which would be books one through three mm-hmm. in the, the actual series of six books that compose the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, and so he did that. It's animated. 
it was yeah, fairly well received, kind of a cult classic kind of thing. But it was seen by a young man named Peter Jackson, who was mm-hmm. a teenager in New Zealand at the time. And he hadn't heard of this Tolkien guy before then, but he was very intrigued. Sought it out. Thought, hey, this is pretty awesome. And so he thought, you know what? I'm kind of an inspiring filmmaker guy. I bet I'm going to make this movie in 30 years. And so what he did is he found some of his high school buddies and he buried them in these like big goopy sacks so that he could dig them out and have them play extras as orcs for one scene in his magnum opus 30 years later. Holy shit, you brought that joke back. Yep. Like you tied it all the way around. Yep. Well, I had to have a reasonable explanation for why Peter Jackson would have buried these guys in his teens. Holy shit. <laughs> it was true up until the part where he buried his yeah. friends. <laughs> I, I thought you were just telling the story. <laughs> no, he and did. you brought that back. Yeah, I'm just going to randomly tangent and crap on your joke. I am impressed. Like that extra did on Legolas. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't an extra. It was a, stu- it was a body double. Body double. There's it wasn't Legolas. There's it an important Orlando difference. Bloom. Okay. Important, important differences here. Yeah. Uh, what else there was there that happened? Um, the, there was something that popped into my head and I forgot it. Well, speaking of making it into two parts, did you know that when Peter Jackson first wanted to get it made first, he, um, he got approval from the producer, uh, Saul Zaints, who originally had the rights to Lord of the Rings. Yes. And Saul said, all right, this is the guy to do it. He's the right guy. I'm going to put him in touch with some of my people in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. So they put him in touch with Miramax and Miramax was like, Hey, this is good. Let's make a Lord of the Rings movie. Here's the catch. Let's make a lord of the rings movie let's make a single 90 minute lord of the rings movie well that is it was i was actually watching this is that is that actually the case or is this something you're going from memory they uh they started with a um a two movie they wanted to do as two Uh and then they eventually reduced it down to one 90 minute to two hour movie yeah uh and that is let's see I don't have the actual source on that in front of me, but I remember that from multiple different things. Um, and so they, the, the Peter Jackson was like, uh, no, I don't know. No, no. Yeah. And so they, they turned around and went to new line after that new line was like, all right, well, let's do this. Right. Yeah. Smart decision. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, at the time, the second most profitable, um, yeah. Uh, return of the King was the second movie ever to make more than a billion dollars. Yep. Not adjusting for inflation. Yep. Because otherwise, Gone with the Wind is still the highest grossing movie of all time. Go, for the, go, go you. But yeah. Yeah. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Holy shit. Yep. What else? Um, one thing I learned just scrolling through the Wikipedia page a few minutes ago was they actually had three different editors, one for each movie, because they had to get these out as fast as possible. They didn't have just one guy to go completely insane because he yeah. had a ridiculous timeline to edit probably close to 10 hours of movie and not a lot of time yeah um so that was a smart decision uh howard shore's pretty cool howard shore is fucking great yeah uh there's a legend that he was writing at one point i don't know if it's legend or actually verified story but i've heard that at one point he was having to write up to seven music seven minutes of actual like performable final music per day toward the end of production of return Lord. of the king that is insane like sure okay he's got most of his themes set at that point because this is a dude that built from hundreds of different light motifs yeah throughout this thing but that's a lot of music mm-hmm. 
coming from someone who's agonized over writing a single measure before, as I'm sure you understand. Oh God. I was trying to, I'm trying, I'm working on a currently actually, actually like on a piano right there. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm currently working on like a, uh, a jazz waltz me- uh, combination of God. Yes. God rest you, Mary gentlemen and Carol of the bells. Oh, um, and I'm trying to like make it all jazzy. So I'm using like every chord substitution I can think of. So I took mm-hmm. everything, made it a seventh and then, I'm trying tritone substitution, mm-hmm. and it doesn't fucking work because God rest you, Mary gentlemen, is like all just Yum, scales. Bum, 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 bum. Yep. So like th- it doesn't work, and I'm trying like two five ones. Like uh, every time I see like uh, th- there's a one, I was like, oh, this is a great place to put a two five one. Doesn't fit the chord at all, like because it's <laughs> scales, and it's just like fuck, fuck you. <laughs> so yeah, that's the thing I'm working on. Uh, but yeah, I'm super tired. All right. Is there anything else you wanted to say? I don't think so. Shall we? We shall. This one was a tad better than the last one. Yep. Nonetheless, we apologize because yep. it was kind of a mess. Yep. Uh, if you've got other behind the scenes Lord of the Rings facts that you think we should have talked about, you should let us know. Nope. Uh, our podcast could be found on SoundCloud and iTunes and Podbean and uh, Spotify. Yep, I used to have that thing. down. Um, and then I got distracted and started doing it in the wrong order. Yep. Uh. Yep. Let's see. We're on Facebook, so if you want to let us know some of the interesting behind-the-scenes facts we wish we'd talked about, maybe we can bring those back and we'll talk more about Lord of the Rings when the TV show eventually comes out. Yeah, that's happening. Yeah. Man, I really, I kind of hope that's good. I think it's going to be good. They're going so slow in production and they have a good budget. Yep. Well, Hobbit, Hobbit had a good budget. Yeah, but people didn't give a shit. It's true. Was, that's something we didn't talk about, how everyone cared about these movies. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else am I talking about? We're also on Twitter. We're also on Twitter at Just Us Losers Pod on Instagram, where I just posted a picture of John Reese Davies and Indiana Jones. That's also at Just Us Losers Pod or something to that effect. We have Gmail, where if you are Steve, you can email us, uh, Just Us Losers Pod at gmail.com. Also, the challenge for this week All right. is to go from John Reese Davies. All right. You have to go from John Reese davies uh, Wikipedia page to Bionicle. All right. Challenge mode. You have to go from John Reese davies to Bionicle without going through Lego. Interesting. I don't think that's fucking possible. It's going to be hard. <laughs> <laughs> I I bet it's doable. Through uh, not through Bionicle? We shouldn't introduce no, the not through No, not through Lego. Not through <laughs> all right uh yeah so that's happening uh next week is next week 2018 movies all right we're we're getting up there so next week is going to be the best movies of 2018 which you might remember is last year yeah oh my god we've caught up yeah we're almost caught up to ourselves and then we get the fun uh next month is the fun sleep deprived year in review oh it's gonna be a disaster because neither of us have seen any movies this year <laughs> Yeah, we'll catch up on some stuff. We need to go see Parasite. We need to see Parasite. We need to see Mads Out. We need to see Ford vs. Ferrari. We need to see... Lighthouse. Uh, Lighthouse. Uh, Frozen 2. Get fucked. <laughs> Alright, have I said all the things I'm supposed to say? I think you said everything. Alright, uh, thanks for listening. Don't forget to tell a friend. Bye. 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 That's going to be loud as shit. Yep.